0: They're all you swamp monsters. Paul Hicks is back. We're finally going to continue our coverage on Swamp Thing Volume 1. The countdown's on. We only have two more episodes to go, starting with this one. For the end of Volume 1, the post rights and stuff, uh, we finished it all. And uh, we, uh, you know, are going to have some stuff going on in the future as well. And of course, I'll still have Paul on as well, you know, to talk about other stuff. And, you know, maybe some zany Haney as well. But uh, after a quick little break here, we'll be right back.
1: The Incredible Dr. Steele. You've got Big Jim and Big Jeff hacking across the land and stopped cold by a gleaming hand of The Incredible Dr. Steele. With rugged face and strange tattoo, you make him break a bar in two. Make Big Jim and Big Jeff strike a blow. Is he friend or is he foe? The Incredible Dr. Steele. Big Jim Safari Outfit. Big Jim, Big Jeff, and The Incredible Dr. Steel each sold separately from Mattel.
0: hey everybody welcome to
2: another edition of the bronze age of horror comics and with my continuing coverage of swamp thing i have of course my friend from australia mr paul hicks here with me how are you paul
3: hey billy yeah excited to uh do some more swamp thing these uh these are interesting aren't they (laughs) they're they're weird
2: (laughs) yeah very very weird um you know you and i we're gonna uh, tackle issues 21 and 22 here uh but yeah very bizarre i mean I don't know if they were. I, I wouldn't. You know, I'm not trying to uh, say anything bad about Dave Michelini. I actually like him. I like his writing, um, but I almost feel like you know they were kind of running out of ideas here. They're running out of running out of gas here at the end. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, of all of them, this story seems like the most fun for kids. But uh, yeah, not so fun <laughs> in some aspects for adults.
2: <laughs> yeah these yeah the, yeah these two issues we're going to talk about here were uh, very interesting. Uh, you know, uh, I think there's a the sad part is there's still a lot of relevance like 50 years later, which is never a good thing when you're writing yeah. about the uh, stories that are, you know, not uh, pleasant. But we will we will definitely get into that here. So uh, if you're ready, we can jump right into issue 21.
0: Sure.
2: All right. So this one was dated uh, February, March 1976, uh, cover dated and. Uh, as usual, we have a Nestor Redondo cover, which is always fantastic here. This cover is a little interesting. I wouldn't say it's minimalist, but there's not really a whole lot going on in the background. But uh, I do like this cover quite a bit. It's a, it's a good cover, don't you think?
3: Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I'm going to... It's not a representative of what happens inside, but... <laughs>
2: <laughs> it sure isn't. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, um, a guy on a... Um, alien looking platform. It's very Flash Gordon, isn't it? It's not. Yes. Uh, you can tell this is pre Star Wars when everything sort of had that, um, industrial lived in look. This is, you know, lots of sleek curves and things, but yeah, there's a guy on a flying platform firing a laser at Swamp Thing in the swamp. Who's just getting missed above the head and it's blasting a tree and Swamp Thing looks, uh, staggered. He looks shocked. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, then it has all the trade dress with uh, Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing, the line of DC superstars, and a Star Spanning Shocker.
0: <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, at least
2: at least they told us right out of the gate it was a Star Spanning Shocker, so they're kind of you know giving us a little bit of a truth there. But yeah, like you said, this <laughs> this cover with this guy on this platform out in the swamp is uh, definitely not something that actually happens in the comic. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll get there through the uh, through the. Uh, uh, it, it go through here when you and I talk about this I mean there's just a, a little uh, uh, Requiem Requiem is the name of this one here And it's uh, by uh, script Dave Michelini Who you know other than a couple of fill-ins By Jerry Conway we've had Dave Michelini Here since pretty much you know Oh gosh probably about 10 issues here or Just about 10 issues I think and then uh, Pencils and Inks Nestor Redondo Colors Tatiana Wood and letters Marcos Paleos. And a little synopsis here in the Grand Comics database just says Swamp Thing is transported to a spaceship controlled by an alien who has gone mad from isolation. And uh, so say we all, Got uh, Grand Comics database. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, though. There's one thing, no matter which one of these Redondo comics we've looked at with uh, Michelini scripting, I usually always like the scripting. You know, it's usually at least, you know, good, serviceable, if not really good. But the Nesta Redondo splash pages are always something to behold. So I would love to hear your thoughts about this one.
3: Well, it, it, this is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's fine. To, uh, it, well, I've been building stuff out of Lego recently uh, for fun. And my mm-hmm. son just had his birthday, so there's more Lego around than normal. Mm-hmm. But this just looks like something I would build out of Lego when I was a kid. Because it's, yeah, it's a giant spaceship, but it's more like a ship as in a, a sailing ship because it, it has a flat platform that everything happens on and everything else is, you know, you fall off and you're off in space. Um, but, yeah, you can see... I mean, there's so much detail there. It's a little little archway which seems to have a glowing light in there and Swamp Thing's standing in front of that and it looks like he just came through a portal right there in an archway uh, yeah. from somewhere. And this the story backs it up. And we've got a sort of... Uh, space aurora borealis which says swamp thing (laughs) in the (laughs) background yeah and yeah we can see everything we can see alien prisoners in their glass tubes we can see the the main bad guy sitting on his throne at the top of some stairs under a very fancy space umbrella um we can see the very front of the ship with some jets firing downward and yeah the word requiem is uh, sort of etched on the side of the ship there uh, yeah, what do you think of it?
2: Yeah, I like it because I love sci-fi. It, it, it's a little uh, bizarre, like you said. There's, it's not like there's a, a, a glass dome or everything or anything over the top of the ship. <laughs> it's just, it's just everybody just right out there. I'm thinking, why are they not just like flying all the way from, you know, the lack of gravity? But it's okay. It's, a, I can suspend my belief. And yeah, the the, the crazy little umbrella type thing that uh, is over the, I'm not sure if it's protecting him from uh, the sun or what here, but. That's like, you know, they have over here in some of the beaches uh, in the uh, United States, you know, the, the fancy beaches where people go. They have these uh, uh, blue type things like that. They call them like cabanas and uh, oh, the rich people, they can uh, uh, rent those uh, uh, by the day and they go to beaches that have. Well, it's very similar to that. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's kind of what it reminded me of. I'm like, oh, this guy must have money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it
3: really is treating a spaceship like a sailing ship with just everything on the deck. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and nothing very enclosed bizarre. is there yeah. a downstairs on this spaceship we don't know don't
2: see it <laughs> yeah and the guy's probably about you know from what we can see here from this far away shot looks to be about you know 80 percent naked and he says uh welcome earthling to your new home i am solace or Solus. Solace, solace however you want to say it but you may call me master and then of course you know swamp thing standing there like in front of him like what is going on here and
0: again we have no yeah. idea
2: how we got to this point but we we will find out here Cook, you know, Swamp Thing doesn't take kindly to just uh, being told he's going to be—you know—somebody else is going to be his master, and uh, no, n- nor do we all, you know.
3: Yeah, I mean, Swamp Thing's ready for a fight, and um, Solace—I mean, once again, Swamp Thing is thinking everything he's going to. Um, i'm finally cracking up or and he said and then Solace starts saying no my friend you are not dreaming i have brought you here or rather my machine, machines brought you here i must admit the comporter has certainly outdone itself this time it's called a comporter it's not a teleporter it's a comporter which <laughs> is uh... <laughs> which is bizarre. <laughs> Maybe it's a composter, which is why it got swamped thing. I don't
2: know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. That would actually fit a little bit better. But uh, our our friend Solus here has a very interesting look about him. Uh, How would you describe this uh, bizarre-looking individual?
3: He's kind of a Roman cosplay um, stripper look, really. Uh, (laughs) You know, he's got the wristbands and he's got the the sandals and, you know, a little gold um, pair of undies and uh, a cape, a little red cape at the back. But he's also covered in, um, they, uh, they look like uh, tic-tacs.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say little, little quaaludes or something. I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah.
3: So he's got these little jewel things all over him in uh, sort of concentric patterns around his face and on his chest and down his arms. Um, and from a distance, they look like scales, like he maybe he's some sort of uh, white and yellow lizard man. But up close, they look like they're glued on or something, So which does turn out to be the case.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like kind of like a, a Studio 54 reject here. Like he's, <laughs> he was probably there, you know, pounding down the drugs and dancing the night away with his uh, buddies.
3: Well, I mean, he's hit the gym and he's going to show it off whether something wants to see it or not.
2: Yeah. And this guy's very, uh, very arrogant and he's like, You're going to attack me, aren't you? How delightfully primitive. And he goes, But you don't mind if I retaliate by proxy, do you? Combat is such a pedestrian sport. And he says, Colum and Jetac indulge our guest and there are these two uh, goofy looking creatures that are purplish with claws and yeah they're they're very uh, tough to describe but uh, they're 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 really crazy looking and they jump right on him and try to attack him but he like throws them around like they're nothing like this is like like light work for him they don't even they can't even like really do anything to him can they.
3: When you see some creatures, you look at the mouths and go, yeah, that's based on something in real life. You know, the, the jaws and the teeth and everything. Uh, there's a lot of weird angles going on with the teeth and the jaws on these things. And they seem to have some sort of elasticity about them. They're kind of stretchy and weird. But uh, yeah, those teeth are not designed for doing anything in the real world. Um, yeah, but yeah, Swamp Thing beats the crap out of them and throws them together.
2: Mm, yeah, they almost remind you of something from, you know, John Carpenter's The Thing or something. It's uh, very bizarre.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the uh, what's his name? Solus is coming down the stairs and he's holding his magic stick. And, you know, I don't know. It's a bit of a cliche, but this looks like the guy who would have a magic stick to do things to his enemies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> for, for sure.
3: <laughs> it's full of the space cliches. But, he, yeah, he blasts one thing with it. And, uh, yeah. Scarlet Mist Blankets the Man Brute's Mind. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) then we finally get the flashback of how he got here, which I thought, I I was kind of thinking, gee, it's cool that it's really jumped into this story and hasn't done the the, how did we get here. We don't really need that, but we get it here in three panels.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I kind of felt like, why do we even need this? I mean, it's a little, at this point, who cares, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah, so he's wandering around and then he gets hit by a light from the sky and he's gone. And that's, you know, that's how we got there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a complicated story.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, okay, thanks for the three extra panels, but we really didn't need that. Like, Solus already kind of said what happened, and they could have just had another little <laughs> set of caption box that said what happened, but we got three panels anyway, and, he, and uh, Swamp Thing then is like back in the here and now looking at him, and he says, Be warned, Earthling. This platform is my world, and everything on it bends to my will, including life. And death. So basically he's the bosses, uh, what that he means there,
3: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we get a nice uh, full view of his sort of space platform, and it's kind of like a square shape with a city on it, kind of, but uh, it looked like it had a pointy end when we were looking at it from before from one angle.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's very interesting. I do like the visual. It's neat. Like you said, it's kind of a little bizarre, like okay, like, how do people, you know, just, like, stay on it or whatever, but, you know, without that needing to be explained, we do get a cool, you know, spaceship, space platform, whatever you want to call it, and uh, he starts to, you know, sp- explaining to our buddy Swampy here that he's, you know, he requires subjects, uh, but you're expendable, and my wrath can be most excruciating, as you have learned, and he says, such powers, my heritage, for my race is one of mental giants, psionic wizards who manipulate matter, energy, and mind's through mere physical contact and i'm thinking well then why do you need the magic wand dude
3: yeah yeah and i feel sorry for all these captors because they're captured uh, prisoners they're all just stuck in these sort of bell jars around the place and there's nowhere to sit in there
2: <laughs> yeah no you're standing up the entire time yeah
3: <laughs> suck. Yeah. i don't see any bathroom in there either
2: oh boy yikes well he's got maybe a dozen creatures in there and they all look like a bunch of weird-looking creatures, except one beautiful woman, uh, of course. Yeah. You know, we, We've yeah. got to have our uh, damsel in distress here. So he says, after he puts him in one of these things, oh, his creatures, I guess, they kind of subdue Swamp Thing now because he's been blasted by the uh, you know magic wand here. So they're able to grab him and chuck him into this, uh, like you said, this uh, cylindrical-type thing. And he says, relax, Earthling. I designed the stasis tubes myself, and I assure you they are completely indestructible though you should be comfortable enough as long as you remain entertaining. And then uh, he clicks a little button on his magic wand. He goes, I desire other entertainment. And the uh, beautiful woman that has a a cape on here comes out and he says, come along, Salanth, you know the way. And she turns back and looks and kind of, you know, it says it gives a little bit of a nod to one of the other captives there. He's all in red. Um, I don't know if those are supposed to be horns or hair on his, like, head and face and shoulders, but uh, uh, he says uh, to Swamp Thing, save your strength. You know, it's no use. And Swampy's uh, Swampy's like, what? I can understand you. Yeah. And the, the guy says, as I can understand you. It amuses Solace to equip this place with a telepathic field so they can all talk and uh, understand each other, right?
3: Hmm, yeah. yes. Yeah, this guy looks like if he was in a movie, he'd be played by someone like Michael Chiklis or, you know, someone sort of... uh <laughs> With big shoulders.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's a big guy. So, you know, they and I thought to myself, you know, if you're that smart, if you're this solace guy, do you really want the prisoners to be able to communicate with each other? Because then they could maybe formulate a plan. And oh, wait, never mind. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he says uh, you see solace is an outcast whose mind snapped in the eternal loneliness of his exile. He's brought us here simply as diversions to feed his twisted ego. But there is hope for solace has a weakness. He's grown overly dependent on the girl, Salant. With any luck, the weakness may soon get us free. And uh, we see him trying to put the moves on this uh, Salant. And uh, she's got uh, something else in mind here. She's trying to, you know, uh, accomplish something else. And she she actually does accomplish it here, right?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, first she says, you know, why don't you free the prisoners? And he's no, I don't want to do that. And... Um... Yeah, Then while he's monologuing, she uh, sneaks over to, he, to his scepter and presses a button on it, and it frees all the prisoners.
2: mm mm-hmm. Yep. And then yeah. I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be a short comic. They're all free, so they're just going to all jump on this guy, and that's going to be the end of it. But he, he proves to be a little bit more tough uh, than I thought he was going to be, even though he looks kind of goofy. He says, uh, no, to ensure my complete exile, they, meaning uh, the others uh, in his race, implanted these ugly modules in my skin and set them to self-destruct at the slightest touch of planetary soil. So basically, he's stuck on this platform for the rest of his life, and that's why he's going kind of batty here, right?
3: Yeah, can't land anywhere, can't walk around. Um, it's, like, uh, it's like
2: everywhere is um, Amazon Island to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he says, uh, he devised a way for the machines to work for him. I created the comporter and began scouring the galaxies for um suitable company (laughs) i'm thinking okay suitable company meaning just present company because uh otherwise uh the rest of those uh, creatures are company too pal
3: yeah uh, he's an absolute creeper isn't he he's like you know i'm gonna perv on this you know alien girl and yeah, it's horrible actually when you think about it because she's a prisoner and he's like making time with her um Mm -hmm. yeah Something that happens in the real world, but
2: ooh. Yeah, gross. So it's awesome, though. I do like these panels showing the prisoners escaping. So they're escaping, and those two, uh, whatever their names were, Jetac and something else bizarre. Uh, Dave. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was Dave Colum Colum or something like that. (laughs) Um, They're like, hey, the prisoners are escaping. We're trying to stop them. and. Swamp Thing, you know, he could just beat the crap out of them, but he decides to pull some electric wires out of a console and just zap the living crap out of them with it and, like, melt them into, like, just piles of just almost ash.
3: Yeah, but I love it. all happens under the monologuing of Solace, so, yeah, <laughs> you don't get any dialogue of what Swamp Thing and the other aliens are doing. It's kind of like a, a prison escape in the background that you're just seeing uh, and not, you know, there's no discussion. It's really cool.
2: hmm And then uh, he says... But even with subjects to roll loneliness remains my enemy. I have had too much of it. But now you help me fight that foe. Only you. And before it gets even more creepy, he can see some shadows uh, coming towards him. And he goes, my dear loyal Salanth. And then the next thing you know, uh, we're we're out in the deck again. And uh, all the uh, creatures here are thinking, okay, let's use the uh, comporter to just get out of here. Which I kind of felt like, what about Salanth?
3: Yeah. Yeah. She's distracted him. So thanks. Bye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the help. Like, uh, we're just going to leave you here with this creep. Like really? But Swamp Thing starts acting really crazy here. I don't understand at first. I'm like, what, what, what's going on here? You know, why is he doing this? He just starts beating the crap out of the other prisoners. So that's drew me off for a couple of seconds here.
3: Yeah. And it, it's, um, yeah, he, he basically smashes some of them and there's like this yellow, Blood everywhere. It's it's really gross, actually. (laughs) It would be highly inappropriate if it was red blood, but uh because it's yellow, Comic Code Authority can Yeah, this is a quite a disturbing comic, really, isn't it?
2: It is, yeah. And we see uh uh, our buddy Solace here with salanth and he says, Fools, did you really think to deceive me? I who control everything in this world as easily as I control this unwitting earthling's body, so I, I know he said about, you know, having mental powers and stuff like that, but I thought he said he had to be in contact with them to do it, but w- whatever. He's got his, you know, magic wand, and I guess that uh, that's that's good enough. And he says, then perhaps you still don't comprehend my power. Perhaps you need to be taught and uh, a lesson. And he goes, you could have been a queen, Salanth, but you chose instead to betray me. Now you must learn that such treachery is not without uh, price. And this is, like you said, this whole comic's disturbing, but this this next part here is really disturbing.
3: Yeah, he makes her dance herself to death while he watches.
2: Yeah, it's creepy. Then, like,
3: yeah, you know. it, it's messed up. Yeah, you know, it occurs to me. I've been looking at his face and going, he looks kind of like someone, like an actor, and I, I think it's kind of Kirk Douglasy. He's got the the high cheekbones of, yeah. Um, but it, I mean, he gives off Peter Cushing vibes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they should actually make a movie about this comic. I'm sure it would go over really well. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, he just keeps making her physically exert herself, and she drops to the floor, and he says, there, you see, that's what happens to those who defy me. She's dead, you miserable freaks, dead, dead, and then all of a sudden, I think it hits him that he isn't going to have uh, a woman to abuse anymore, and he yeah. has this, like, look on his face and goes running down says, dead? Solant, dear Solant, what have I done? In my anger, I didn't realize how I will ever fight the loneliness without you forgive me and he's like you know holding on to her like he had some affection for her. and i'm thinking uh sorry i'm not with you on that one buddy
3: yeah and yeah i'm at this point if that guy
2: <laughs> yeah forgive me he says well i love how all the uh captives are like literally right next to him and they look really pissed off in that panel i like that
3: yeah but then he starts blasting them which is you know he's still not being brought to justice and a lot of them are getting blasted out into space dead which is uh not very good it's upsetting mm-hmm. as well
2: yeah <laughs> it's pretty pretty nasty but uh swamp thing uh, while he's uh kind of watching this and he goes he's, he's gone berserk and there's only one way to stop him gotta pray that he keeps concentrating on them long enough for me to do this and he pulls like a piece of steel away from one of the contraptions here and swings it and smashes his hand and it knocks the uh little scepter magic wand thing out of his hand and it's like uh oh he's kind of screwed without it but you know they uh they they don't they don't want to kill him right away right
3: yeah so they all decide to um let's leave him alone because it'll suck on his platform which is a pretty bad idea because he's basically found ways in the past to bring people there or aliens not people aliens are people i don't know are they people
2: yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like unless you somehow can set the comporter thing to self-destruct, which he could just probably build another one too. It this won't stop even if you leave him there alone and just leave on your own, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. But um for goodness sake, someone smashed the scepter. They just keep knocking it out of his hand. And then it's like, oh, it's out of his hand, we're safe now. <laughs>
2: Oh, it's five feet away from him, but he's just going to dive and get it again. But that doesn't end up too well for him either.
3: Yeah, he uh, runs to the edge of his uh, spaceship and trips on the, the bit of steel that uh, Swamp Thing hit him with. And then he falls and then he's hanging uh, hanging in space from the edge of his
2: platform. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's like oh okay
2: <laughs> well and then we see a panel where there's all these explosions going on and we see a caption box says while a short distance away the freed prisoners give proof that there is a common bond between all creatures of the universe even if that bond is somewhat tarnished link of violence and you know uh, one of them, the, the, the big red guy says uh, hurry we've underestimated the effects of our destruction and we must teleport quickly shouldn't he say comport quickly Well, whatever um, oh yeah before the whole platform explodes and they all start running for the, the comporter and Swamp Thing g- goes to turn away as well. But then all of a sudden, help, please, someone help me. And he sees uh, Solace here hanging from the edge and the red guy says, leave him, Earthling. He gets only what he deserves. And I, I kind of agree with red guy here.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Swamp Thing, the hero, decides to help him.
2: Come on, sparkles. Dying when this platform blows may not be such better than suffocating out there, but at least you'll have and then, aha, fool, now you're mine. You forgot that even without the control unit, I can master your mind by touch alone. And with you as my slave, I can stop those. And he's like, what? It can't be. The self-destruct nodules. They've become activated. And he says, but that's impossible. They can only be triggered if I touch planetary soil. And it's like, Oh, yeah, Swamp Thing kind of is planetary soil. (laughs) Oh, snap. Yeah. So, this guy seems to
3: be a space dick, doesn't
2: it? Yeah. Swamp Thing says, then it's you who's the fool, Solus, because you never stop to think that one of the freaks you abducted abducted might be made of planetary soil. And he's got this grin on his face, like, ha ha ha. It's like, uh, you were just trying to save him. Now you're happy he's going to die. Make up your mind, dude. Yeah.
3: But the tic tacs all over his body, all over his hands, and his legs are all glowing now, and he uh, falls off into space. <laughs> mm. so, Not me! And then I thought he was going to explode, like any sort of. Um, but he looks like he's just glowing, like he's a new star or something.
2: Yes, and uh, Trompting is watching him and says, and then the caption says, and so, like a newborn star, the pulsing remains of Solus, woeful pariah to the universe, drifts silently off into the void. At long last, free, and then we just got our boy uh, Swamp Thing here. He kind of uh, meanders over to the Comporter and transports himself uh, back to Earth. And uh, he doesn't uh, go back to the swamp though. He goes uh, to uh, uh, somewhere else. It looks like you know in the in the West to me there
3: yeah um there is an unfortunate shaped and colored rock in the back
2: so. <laughs> a giant penis rock is in the, <laughs> it's in the background which i'm sure is no accident
3: <laughs> but the locals would call it cock rock i'm
2: sure <laughs> i was just gonna say
0: oh man that's
2: fantastic yeah, as soon as i saw that panel i thought oh redondo come on man <laughs> he obviously did that on purpose I i'm surprised there's not too like boulders at the base of it like come on, (laughs) that's fantastic and swamp thing says looks like i ended up somewhere in the western united states that teleporter did its job perfectly it's just a shame that a man with a genius to create such a device had to be mad as well but i guess being shunned by a whole world can be quite a burden on a man's mind yeah so tell me about a world just tell me about it he sounds like he's about to start like you know rapping here or something
3: yeah oh yeah put down his cigarette and just stare off (laughs) (laughs)
2: oh man and then at the very bottom i like this here you know we have a little preview for the next issue it says next the solomon plague and it's got him there like break dancing or something but i do like that yeah uh, he could be doing the monster mash
0: oh yeah that's probably what he's doing i mean it is october so (laughs) (laughs) so
2: what did you think of this one overall like weird fun but not the greatest right
3: it it reminds me of what i think 70s marvel cosmic comics are like
2: Mm -hmm.
3: yeah Yeah, it's it's just very far out (laughs) Mm -hmm. and yeah but it also has you know just you know icky treatment of women and um yeah it's like so many aliens die and it's kind of like oh well
2: yeah like i said the stuff with the that salant woman was kind of like oh come on man like uh not not sure they needed to go down that road but um Anyway, so, all right, well, we can, uh, you know, hop on over to uh, Swamp Thing number 22. And this one is cover dated April, May 1976. Uh, A little bit different here. We have a cover by Ernie Chan. So uh, I'm interested to hear what you think about this cover. I thought it was, you know, pretty good, but, you know, uh, obviously a little bit different than Redondo, right?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, the trade dress is still, you know, dominant and everything. So, but uh, it does have Swamp Thing cowering. Uh, behind a rock, but being confronted by someone coming towards him uh, at his back with a gun. And in the background, we can see some, they uh, look James Bond henchmen from the 60s um, in red and yellow outfits. And they've got a helicopter with some kind of wonky looking <laughs> blades. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. They almost look like one uh, of those beehive outfit guys at Marvel. Uh, oh, aim. Yeah, it's AIM agents here coming to get them. There's a this a, is the secret crossover we knew that we didn't never knew happened. Yeah, I mean it's, it's
3: it's the villains with the jumpsuits, but I mean it's kind of different coloured because there's a very blue sky. And there's no we, we've got away from the full moons um, and the the desert colours are very golden um, brown. So mm-hmm.
2: yeah, swamp thing. He looks okay. He's a little drippy, like uh, you know, Nestor Redondo never really drew him like that. He usually drew him with like all of his, I guess if you want to call it for lack of a better term, skin, uh like, you know, tight to his body where uh Chan here has them kind of like, you know, you know, bits and pieces of them look like they're getting ready to fall off and stuff.
3: He's a bit more cabbagey, isn't he? Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's like <laughs> a little less broccoli, a little more cabbage, I guess. <laughs> you could say here, but uh, all right, well, let's see here. We got the, uh, you know, we got the the, the the team is back. We got the same team here. We have David Michelini on script, uh, Nestor Redondo pencils and inks, uh, colors again by Tatiana Wood, and then letters by Marcos Paleos. And uh, Grand Comics database doesn't have any synopsis, so we can just dive right into this one, or, you know, because if you go to the DC fandom website, uh, the synopsis is usually like five paragraphs long, and that's ridiculous. So uh, we will just jump right in here with the uh, Swamp Thing, and he's in the it looks like, I think that's in Nevada there, where
0: it's showing it's, It looks there. like
3: Monument Valley to me, which is, I've been there, so.
2: Yeah, I thought this looks really familiar to me, but they don't really necessarily say, you know, exactly where it is at this point, but Swamp Thing's just kind of walking around, and uh, then I like to do I do like this third panel on that page where uh, we see, like, these ropes coming towards him to try to, like, capture him. I, I do like that panel. It's a neat panel.
3: <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's being lassoed.
2: Yeah, like a bunch of cowboys are coming to get them but it's not. It's AIM, and um, they on this splash page here, which is really cool. I love the way it says the the Solomon Plague there at the bottom in the desert stone or sand or whatever, and then these crazy AIM agents. There's like maybe half a dozen of them with a helicopter in the background, and they don't seem too surprised to see Swamp Thing here. That's what kind of caught me off guard.
3: Yeah, yeah, Green Monster. Let's capture him. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: This is the biggest stray yet. And I'm like, what do you mean a stray? So there's obviously (laughs) something at play here where, you know, they're not surprised to see a big green dude uh, walking through the desert, but their ropes, uh, you know, I mean, come on, man, they're ropes. So he just rips the ropes like, you know, they're nothing, but they have this other crazy device, a a metal net that they put over him. And I thought, well, he could probably break that too. But up in the chopper, they have some uh, remote control that uh, has the net kind of work like a, like a taser. You know, or a, a stun gun type effect here where it just zaps the living crap out of him and uh, <laughs> K- K- KOs him, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, it actually looks like one of those uh, sort of netting things that you put over sandwiches when you're having an outdoor meal. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it does. We, we've got one, but ours isn't electrified and that big, it's smaller.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like how they're, uh, they have uh, some special equipment also on their uh, helicopter here as well, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's got claws at the front like a like a crab or a scorpion. It's <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a very it's a very strange-looking helicopter. It looks like a, uh, it looks like a submersible uh with a helicopter blade on top.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and for a second like with it being blue, I don't it reminded me of that I can't remember what it's called, but for a while there I think it was in the 70s didn't, or maybe even 80s, I'm sorry, but didn't Superman have that thing where the arms that could come out and grab you?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, punch you. I think it was a, a spaceship that could punch people. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah,
2: because cause he needs that.
3: <laughs> yeah, he could oh. uh, super, super fist his enemies.
2: <laughs> hey, uh, you never know. There, there there might be a movie out there where uh, <laughs> there is some, some super fisting, but that, that's not what we're about here. We're not going down <laughs> that road. <laughs> so, but yeah, this is bizarre. Like I said, these guys, it's weird. The, the helicopter looks big enough for like 100 dudes, but for some reason, three of them are hanging out just on the side of the helicopter while the claws have <laughs> a prone swamp thing out in front. <laughs> and they start flying right towards the side of like a mountain. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? But there's like a secret, uh, kind of like, a, you know, when you have those uh, old school pajamas with the poop flap in the back. That's, that's what it's got here.
3: It looks like a pet door for a yeah, helicopter.
2: A doggy door, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, and it opens up, and the chopper goes in, and then we just start right back out with Swamp Thing waking up in this room, and he doesn't know what the heck happened to him, and he wakes up, and there's, uh, like, about six people here saying, you know, like, hey, how's it going? And they have, like, this crazy yellow skin, and obviously looks like they've been affected by something. We don't know what that something is yet, but a lot of, like, physical deformities here, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, the yellow particularly makes them look like they're kind of made of fondue.
2: Ew, gross! Yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Cheesy.
3: Just uh, just after the seventies, fondue parties were pretty big. So,
2: (laughs) (laughs) and then we see a a door here at the bottom that says "Dr. Daniel J. Solomon, Director of Project Safe Haven," and uh, we hear, "Yes, sir, Dr. Solomon. Three more victims exhibiting symptoms of the final stages of the disease: acute." psychopathic paranoia. And I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? This is this is really weird. And then we peek inside the office and the, the red shirt says, I'm afraid it's only a matter of time before they'll have to be placed under restraint. And this doctor guy who looks like he's boozing says, thank you, Morgan. I can always count on you for good tidings, can I? Now pray tell, have you uh, more any more little bulletins to share? And <laughs> the guy says, Just that new straggler we brought in, sir, he seems to be different from the rest. Could be a new strain. So, of course, I'm, you know, they're thinking about this, talking about Swamp Thing here. And the doctor, who looks a little deranged and has his booze, says, well, now, that does call for a celebration. Another feather in the cap of Dr. Daniel J. Solomon, boy genius, sweetheart of the Atomic Energy Commission and unwitting partner too." the grim reaper (laughs) what
3: (laughs) But you get the impression he's just sitting in there all day and saying oh no phone calls that calls for a drink
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like this guy's really off his nut oh yeah you might want to not keep booze around pal but he uh we switch back to swamp thing and there's a woman that says "Uh, welcome my name's kate and you're among friends but i guess you're confused aren't you We all were at first. Come and I'll show you around. Maybe you'll understand. And we see there's, you know, kind of like a giant room here with a billiards table and a television with some seating, like a media area, a ping pong, it looks like. It looks like they have a bar, by the way, which is awesome. Um, Have you
3: ever seen Better Call Saul? Have you ever
2: watched that? I have not.
3: Well, yeah, There's uh, the drug dealer basically has to build this fantastic underground meth lab and he gets all these workers in uh, to do it, but basically has to build them a barracks that they can't leave um, <laughs> so that no one will report, you know, hey, we're building a meth lab. And they're all these guys from, I think they're Norway or Sweden or something. But yeah, that's exactly what it lot like. like. They basically had a gym and a TV area and they had, it was in a warehouse and they had these, you know, houses inside the warehouse for them to live in. Um, yeah very cool but that's exactly what it reminds me of and they had a bar and everything it was like let's keep these guys happy and uh have them do all this uh engineering for us
2: that's fantastic (laughs) and it's interesting too because on the other side of the far wall you can see there are three separate rooms where it looks like there are scientists with this equipment around them observing all these uh people here so quite a, a bit of intrigue in this i was really like Huh? What's going on here? Like, I, I, I really couldn't formulate in my head what was going on here at this point, you know, especially with the drunk doctor. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on here. So, what did you think to uh, at this point?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on, but there seems to be sick people who look like fondue and well people who are watching them uh, from the labs. Um, so, yeah, it, it yeah, it, obviously something's gone wrong, and they're trying to contain things, which uh, turn out to be the people they think can't get out
2: hmm. And uh, this uh, woman says uh, uh, she says this is our safe haven, our part of it, at least it was built for the survivors to keep us contained, though. Heaven knows, looking like this, we'd have little place else to go, even if we had a choice. But it's not too bad once you get used to it. We've got uh, recreation facilities, a cafeteria, all the comforts of. And then somebody says, a my <laughs> a mink lined prison, perhaps. And she turns around, and says, John. And the guy says, yes, mother, we heard about the new arrival and how strong he looked. We figured he'd be prime material for our escape team. So we a safe pal want to get out. And uh, this guy and his uh, buddies here, they look even in worse shape than the other crew we saw, don't they?
3: (laughs) Yeah, but I love the fact that they've just got regular clothes on and he's got like a, a, you know, sleeveless muscle, muscle top and
2: and jeans. (laughs) Mm-hmm. and of course he's bald because bald is evil i just uh, yeah. had a recording earlier today where we were both uh, uh i I'll, I'll just say it right now a, a bit sad uh, and put off with this uh, horrible stereotype of bald means evil but uh yeah. I'll, I'll get over it uh, at some point or i'll get fake hair or well, either way a toupee i'll either get over or i'll get a toupee
3: <laughs> but <laughs> just swamp thing- wear some glasses and then you're smart so <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> swamp thing says i still don't know what's going on but since i've always had a Aversion to being caged. I guess I, you've got yourself a recruit. And the woman says, John, wait, he's new. He doesn't know the danger. Why? He probably doesn't even realize what's happened. And this John says, Well, that's easily remedied, mother dear. I'll just explain it to him. You see, pal, once upon a time there was a government research project, and it seems they had a, devised a special bomb, one that made the H bomb look like a firecracker, only they didn't know if it would work. And there was just one way to find out. And we see a uh, uh, it looks like that drunk doctor from uh, the earlier scene here and, <laughs> and maybe William Shatner there uh, looking at a screen.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then they've got the bomb in a massive sort of canyon underground and it goes off, and but unfortunately, uh, fissures open up above the ground and this gas comes out and all these poor people get turned yellow.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the they were doing some kind of experiment and it screwed people up. Uh, shocking here. Really, really shocking here. So, uh, this guy says, and so they herded it us in here to keep their little mistake from the public. And, uh, she says, uh, the, the, the mother says, but you know, that's not the whole story, John. That's not the real reason we're here. And the government did make a mistake, a horrible mistake, but they also sent doctors in to try to help only no one could have foreseen the change. And, uh, Uh, This is an interesting uh, uh, scenario here in this next page where it says for when our bodies began to deteriorate, our cells formed a new strain of virus, a terrible mutation that brought agonizing death to anyone coming in contact with us. So that's why she's saying they are isolated and they need to be isolated because they'll more than likely kill anyone that doesn't have this virus they come in contact with. Um, So, you know, it's one of these deals where it's kind of like a catch 22. It's like you want to treat these people with some humanity still, but. If they try to integrate back in with society, they'll more than likely wipe society out. So it's one of those things like it's 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 the Kobayashi Maru. It's a no-win situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm.
3: And the woman says, "The young one wants to get out. He's had enough."
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. she's she says, "So that if even one of us ever entered a surface city, we'd set off a plague from which the world might never recover." And I I, got to be honest, I, I like her son John's response. So what? Those jackass <laughs> politicians in Washington are playing with human lives and the public has a right to know. I agree with him about that, even if it kill, <laughs> even if it kills them. OK, let's not go too far, pal. Oh, man. Fantastic. <laughs> and Mr. Redshirt says, Dr. Solomon, your wife is waiting in the conference room. And he goes, thank you, Morgan. So at this point, I'm thinking, OK, he's going to go talk to his wife. Cool. But then he puts on a uh, uh, almost like a space suit, radioactive kind of suit, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. So he can interact with them safely.
2: Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, she says, I'm glad you've come, Daniel. I'm afraid we have a little uh, problem. And we see that uh, she is reporting back to him that, you know, she's uh, the mother of that John and his wife. So, you know, he's still everything's cool with his health and she's, you know, been affected by this. So, yeah, that's a really not great scenario.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's grounded his wife and his son forever
2: yeah swamp thing then's creeping around and he says it's strange after all the hatred i've been i've seen i'm sorry to find people who actually accept me for what i am it would be so easy to just stay here and to and then there he is boys that's the new one now just take it easy friend we just want a few samples you know blood skin cells the usual stuff and uh swamp thing uh he, he doesn't want to give those things up, does he?
3: <laughs> I just love that they always talk to Swamp Thing as if his thoughts are talking to them. Like, you mm-hmm. don't, they don't just go, okay. like, they would talk to each other normally if there was, a, there was a green thing there that didn't talk. You wouldn't go, hey, you, take it easy. <laughs> you go, all right, you go there, John, and you get him there, and we'll get the, <laughs> the blood sample this way. But No, they always talk as though they can understand him perfectly and they know what he's thinking. He never gets old. I
2: love it. Yeah, <laughs> he beats the crap out of these poor three guys here. Um, and then we switch back to the uh, conference room and uh, the wife says, Daniel, it's John. He he and uh, Dan, uh, he says, I know, Kate, it was my my research that made the bomb possible. The government even named the blasted virus after me. Don't think I know what's ha- going to happen to my own son. And she says, but after the insanity, he'll he'll die. And he says. Kate, the only reason I'm still like I am is because I was here when the bomb went off. Don't you think I could take the place of one of you uh, that I do it, that I do anything? And, you know, uh, they seem to, you know, really change this character around a little bit here. When we first saw him there with the booze and in the office, he seemed very like uh, almost like he was going to be one of these evil scientist type guys to me. But it's obvious like he, he really isn't that kind of person.
3: Yeah, it's more obviously grief now. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, really good guilt. artwork with Redondo here, too, isn't it? Oh, man.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, his face through the helmet, he looks really uh, sad. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. great. I mean, with the lines and everything, it's very, very human.
2: Yeah, and he's like, uh, there's nothing I can do. I'm sorry. You know, very, very sorry. But <laughs> in the meantime, uh, Swamp Thing's going bananas here and throwing people around, and they're trying to shoot him, which, of course, doesn't work. And um, the, the the John and the rest of the... Uh, the uh, people at one out they kind of feel like hey this is our time so they get a club and smash one of the guys over the head with it and then this john guy says uh, the time has come my brothers only we know what may- must be done we must save the world by destroying it and save destroy save destroy and it's like the toxic avenger looking <laughs> dude here <laughs> right out front.
3: yeah and yeah it's a uh, full on um, fondue guy rampage at this point
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, and Swamp Thing, he comes into the room eventually, he's just like, good lord, like, what's going on? Because they're just completely destroying the place, and uh, then uh, our buddy here, the doctor, says, some sort of disturbance, apparently. I have to go. We'll finish this discussion later, and uh, then we see, you know, the other guys, they're they're trying to get out, and Swamp Thing does think to himself, a door leading outside. He must have this planned all along, but much as I sympathize with these people, I can't let their plague spread to the surface. I can't allow it, so you know, he's going to come over and try to try to stop him. Right.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's not the most well thought out plan. I mean, it, like the consequences were leading to this, but he never really thought it through. He's just going, I'm going to just, you know, smash stuff up and then everyone will try and get out. And it's like, oh, but if they try and get out, they'll kill everyone. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's kind of like, oh, he's, he's a few minutes behind his brain, really.
2: Yeah, he is, and uh, but part of the roof caves in from all the shenanigans on top of Swamp Thing, and like kind of KOs him here for a few minutes. And while that happens, uh, we see uh, John and his father here have a bit of a a confrontation. And you know, it's 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 tough because, like I said, this uh, this doctor guy at first seemed like a real jerk, but you know, he's like you know got tears in his eyes, and he's really trying to you know uh, talk to his son here and just let him know, like, hey, you just can't go out running around like you're gonna kill people. I just, man, this last scene was really tough to uh, tough to read here.
3: Yeah, and so he he's, takes responsibility and shoots his own son.
2: Yeah, I can't believe it. Like, there's a, a close-up of him with the gun and he says, I'm afraid that responsibility is mine. He, he shoots him right in the back and wow. <laughs> yeah! It's like, man, what a holy crap. And at this point, you know, Swamp Thing then finally uh, kind of like comes to and shambles forward to join an equally broken man it says and the doctor says i i don't know what you are but it's obvious you don't belong here so go on leave us this hell isn't yours to suffer and swamp thing looking pretty uh, sad here says uh, or it says uh, for a moment the swamp thing hesitates and then sensing silent uh, plea in the trembling man's eyes turns and steps quickly through the burnished metal doorway into the comforting dark of the desert night and they shut the door behind them, and uh, you feel like uh, that's going to be that, right?
3: Yeah, well, it feels like the guy's going, well, your story with us is over now, so goodbye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> go, on to
3: your next, go on to your next story.
2: Yeah, and I thought, okay, that's a cool ending. But you turn the page, and uh, the wife, uh, Kate, is coming over and says, Daniel, what's happening? I've been looking all over for you. <clears throat> your visor quickly closed it before, and he goes, no, Kate, it doesn't really matter now. You see, I, I found a cure. She says, you what? But I thought the disease was, and he goes, terminal? Yes. That's what all the tests showed. But then I got, well, I guess you could call it an inspiration. I finally realized the only way to end all the pain, the agony, my quest for knowledge has unleashed on these pitiful, innocent people. So come, darling, and hold me. I promise it will all be over soon. And, you know, he embraces her, and then his hand reached forward to a lever, and it says, self-destruct timer activated, and very soon, and he blows the whole place up. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's uh, an extreme cure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this whole story is just, you know, it's so tragedy-soaked that there there was no happy ending. (laughs) You know, you get that vibe all the way through.
2: Yeah, this, yeah, you did. You did think this one was, you know, once you figured out what was going on here, you thought, oh, this. there's no way this is going to end well. And then, you know, it explodes, and poor Swamp Thing almost knocks him over. It says, for long seconds, he stands there, grimly staring at the thick smoke and skittering debris remembering the soft glow of friendship and acceptance that had so recently been his. And in that, remembering a decision is made so that uh, as he returns to his shambling stride once more, there's an unfamiliar uh, sureness in his step because now for the first time in more than uh, he would care to recall, the swamp thing has some place to go. And I'm thinking, what? How did this uh, make him think of some place to go? And there's an addendum here in the uh, scenic Blue Mountains of northwestern Oregon. This really shocked me. I didn't know what this was all about. This really threw me for a loop here.
3: Yeah, he comes through the trees and it's the Holland homestead. He's got the mailbox with Holland.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like next introducing the man called Saber in Rebirth and Nightmare with startling new developments in the life of Dr. Alec Holland. That's right, reader. Dr. Alec Holland. Not Swamp (laughs) Thing. What? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, a really crazy ending of the story. And then there's a uh, you know little epilogue here, too, as well. That kind of had me thinking, like, wow, I, I really want to read the next issue.
3: Yeah, but you notice we've lost um, Abby and Matt and, you know, and uh, what's the other guy's name? Oh, no.
2: yeah, what the heck was his name? Uh, Bolt.
3: Bolt. Yeah,
2: Bolt. Dodge <laughs> isn't
3: too far away from Bolt. But...
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, they're, they're nothing but a... Uh, a, a memory now, a faded memory for a Swamp Thing, at least as far as David McElhinney's concerned. I mean, it, it, obviously they come back in full force later, but um, Matt and Abby do at least. I don't know about Bolt. I don't, I don't know if we ever see no, Bolt. No, I don't do. think we see Bolt anymore.
3: Yeah. But Matt
2: and Abby, of course, they, uh, they're they huge in the uh, the coming uh, uh, stuff right now. They're huge.
3: Yeah, but they do disappear for quite some time. Like I think it's like 18 episode, uh, issues of the next run before they show up, so...
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. and that and that's after them being a staple since you know right out of the gate in issue one here. Uh, that yeah, was, that's pretty wild that they disappear for that long. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh man, well, yeah, Debbie, two fun issues, very uh somber issues, I guess you could say, pretty sad, but yeah, two fun issues to read, right? Yeah,
3: it, I mean, it, it, this one's all a bit beneath the planet of the apes or something, It it has that kind of the vibe without the culty stuff, but you know, definitely. You know the radiation will kill everyone, and you know we have to lock people away, and you know scientific sins, and uh, you know, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it seems very seventies, even though it's the eighties now.
2: Yeah, and I mean it's you know not that the this uh, kind of story was uh, something brand new or anything like that, but I I think Michelini did a pretty good job with it, and of course Nestor Redondo is just you know a master. So art wise, it's fantastic, top notch.
3: Oh, sorry. It is still 70s. It's 76, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mid 70s yeah. here. So, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. But, uh, all right. Well, that's uh, going to wrap up this episode here, my friend. So, uh, you know, I know uh, everybody, if they're looking for you, waiting for doom.com or you're on Blue Sky now as well as I am, right?
3: Yeah. Just H I X on Blue Sky. Hicks. <laughs> hmm
2: yep and then uh, like you know you have your you know on your waiting for doom feed uh dco the gary show dial f for Fanger. you know a lot going on over there you always have content pumping out on there right Uh,
3: oh, not as much as you mate but yeah i do my best <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's always something fun over there whether it's comics related or you know you guys sometimes talk about the television show and stuff like that as well and then I know DC OCD, you said you were going to let that ramp up for a little while with some events before that got started again. So is that uh, maybe next year early?
3: Yeah, definitely next year. I'm starting to think about who and when and how and everything. But uh, yeah, we'll probably come back for like six episodes for another season. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) can't get too far ahead of the DC stuff because then we can't talk about the impact of it all.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 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 You got to get, let it get a little bit of a head. So yeah, everybody, you know, early uh, 2024, look for that. Uh, that'll probably start popping out as well. And of course, always waiting for doing, but uh, yeah, that's going to get us out of here. You know, thanks once again. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll be back in a second to wrap things up after uh, a quick uh, break.
3: In 2014,
1: two comic fans joined forces to do a Doom Patrol podcast. As there was no Doom Patrol comic series at the time, they called it Waiting for Doom. That was us. Me, Mike, and him, Paul. In 2016, DC Comics became fearful of the power of Waiting for Doom and sought to appease us by bringing the comic back. Uh, That's not exactly how it went. In 2018, terrified of the sheer horde-organising power of Waiting for Doom, DC Universe announced a Doom Patrol TV show. Uh, I think they were planning
3: that without us. In 2019,
1: they again brought back the Doom Patrol comic, hoping we would not smite them.
3: Uh, th- this makes no sense. In
1: 2021, they realized we were the most unstoppable force in existence and released the Doom Patrol movie. Uh,
3: this is pure fantasy now.
1: 2022 a terrified motion picture academy awarded the doom patrol movie every single oscar including best documentary and foreign language Uh, film that's enough paul look we just love the doom patrol and have fun talking about you can find us on all podcast places and now spotify and check out our website waitingfordoom.com or we will wipe you out all of you
0: that wraps up this episode once again i want to thank paul for being on the show always a good time having him on definitely check out waitingfordoom.com, or if you're on blue sky look up paul hicks i think he said he's just uh, h-i-x hicks um uh on blue sky so definitely look for him there and uh check out his stuff you know he's got a big archive of stuff and then uh, good stuff coming up forward as well and like i said at the beginning you know only one more episode now uh, for us to finish off volume one And, uh, you know, we're talking about maybe hitting volume two of Swamp Thing, and uh, we'll see how that pans out, but uh, definitely stick around, because I'll definitely have some more stuff with Paul, no matter what we talk about. Love having him on, and uh, he's a real good guy, so definitely check out his stuff. All right, thanks for listening, everybody.